Let me record. Andre King. How are we doing? How we doing? How we this doing? This dude, this dude played for us at the Cleveland Browns, but man, what a story you have. Hey, thanks for coming on another rep. And um, I can't wait to hear your story. And I know everybody else can't wait to hear your story too. So let's go back to when you were a little guy wow. and, and uh, tell everybody where you came from and what you did. I love that Jersey in the background, man. Yeah. Brownies, man. <laughs> we're going to rewind brownies. this thing all the way to your childhood <laughs> and take it forward to right Ooh, now. And I okay. know what you're doing, but I don't want to spoil the surprise because it's so cool. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, coach, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate what you're doing, uh, bringing the guys back together albeit uh, email, digital, podcast, but the locker room is real, man. We're back together. We're right. encouraging each other because I miss the locker room like nobody's business. So we all have our pockets of um, text threads that we have with our different position groups and coaches uh, that are still coaching. Some are retired. Some are just being dads, you know, so but appreciate what you're doing with this, putting us together, man, and keeping us going. But but yeah, man, uh, uh, God's blessed me, man. Uh, it's, it's been an amazing ride and it, it just keeps going, getting better as you're raising kids and into adulthood and all that. But yeah, um, my story started long, long back, I guess when I moved to the country, I guess, no, knew nothing about American sports. I was born and raised in Jamaica. Uh, and uh, How old were you States. when you came to America from Jamaica? Yeah, I was, I uh, just turned 10. Okay. I got here April of 1983 and um fell into playing baseball because uh one of my friends my best friends growing up he lived two blocks down from me in in florida houses are on blocks like you know yeah. so he was two blocks over we went to the same elementary middle we went to pick up games at the local park but uh one day his uh, dad coaching the team like we all have coached our son's teams uh coaching the team and i just went to practice to hang out and one of the guys didn't show up so he goes hey andre you want to play baseball i was like sure why not i don't know what it is but <laughs> i'll you run out play there. baseball in jamaica yeah, no in jamaica the main sport is like soccer and cricket and okay we called it netball but it was basically a a, a a plastic crate with a we threw a ball in it that was netball that was so that was basketball but the biggest yeah. thing in jamaica is cricket and soccer you know yeah so that's what i grew up playing you know soccer and then came to the States, learned baseball and picked it up and uh, had some skill in it and uh, always had speed. And then when baseball season ended, we, we played football in between football and baseball. You know, we just went to the park and just had fun, man. We just ran around, made up our own games, made up basketball games. The, the guy at the local park, which is right in smack dab in the middle of all our homes, um, how neighborhoods are created in Florida. Yeah. Um, man, he'd give us the key, turn the lights on for us so we can play out there at night, late at night, just so, because we're just, you know, 10, 15 boys, just love sports and love to hang out and love to be outside, man. So That's how you get good, man. That's it, you know? So we'd make up two on two, three on three, jump the fence when the gate wasn't open, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, hey, that's the true meaning of iron sharpens iron. When you're a little right. dude like that and y'all get together and, yeah. you know, you pick teams and, yes. and you just roll. That's it's it, so man. cool. So you started playing base or uh, yeah baseball for a while, yeah. and then um, when did football come into play? So uh, shortly thereafter, when baseball season ended, I think when I was 11, 12 years old, I went out for baseball because I get my friend, his dad was coaching, and I just tugged, tagged along, and you know we, we I found myself uh, playing football, didn't know really what it was, obviously, and. Just, you know, got out there and did what the coach said and followed other people that had been playing. And, you you know, uh, but I remember I wore number 58 and I, I grew up in Florida now. 
Uh, I wore number 58 because of the old Pittsburgh Steeler, Jack Lambert. And I was like a <laughs> D-line. So this is a good one. So especially knowing what position I ended up playing. So yeah. I'm Jack Lambert. I'm on the D-line wearing 58. And nobody could tell me different, man. And I remember like it was yesterday, a fumble that happened. And then I was running to the goal line. I thought I had a touchdown. I got tackled like on the two-yard line in, in Little League football. I was like, oh, my gosh, I could have done my first touchdown. But I guess Jack Lambert, I guess the Steelers are always on early 80s, 90s. They were always on TV. And I always saw this guy with no teeth and just smashing people, you know. So um, finally figured out who he was later in life. But, man, this guy was a player. I guess I was, like, trying to be like him. But, you know, as you're growing up, you emulate people. So, so football, baseball, football, baseball, as I'm growing up through my, you know, teen years in the middle school, still playing, um, then got to high school, didn't play football my freshman year because I was all of 120 pounds soaking wet, man. And we had, we went to a full four high school in Florida. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Strand Ann High School. It's in Broward County. Gotcha. And, um, most people know, like, that's the uh, St. Thomas area, Dillard, you know, Ely High School boy, Anderson, super rich talent, you know. Yeah. Uh, kids coming out of high school to go play football in college so uh but I didn't play football my freshman year because I was like so little and I looked across that field coach and them boys were big so I was like I'm just gonna go <laughs> play baseball because <laughs> I can see myself getting broke up easy nobody so hits you in uh, baseball yeah. so play baseball my freshman year obviously loved it and uh but one of my friends convinced me to go out for football my sophomore year he said, man, just go try spring ball. And then obviously the coach said, let's come out for spring ball, try it. And uh, I remember making like an over the head Lynn Swan catch like in spring ball. And that just lit my fire. Like I was like, ooh, I can do this still. You know what I mean? Because it had been a couple of years since I did it. And the coach just, you know, fed me the rocks, sweeps. You know, back then in my younger years, you know, I, we, I got clocked four, three, five in high school, you know, Whoa. so I was pretty quick. So I was like, worst case scenario, I'm going to catch it and run out of bounds because, you know, they're not going to hit me. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so I used my speed to my advantage and, um, and had fun and, you know, played a lot of ball, got injured my senior year, which was a downer, but. You know, so, so did you play ahead. both in high school? I did. So flip flop, baseball, football, baseball in the spring, football in the fall. And then, um, my senior year game one, um, this guy put his helmet right on my collarbone, broke my collarbone. So I missed, you know, the entire season, came back like the last playoff game. And um, thankfully, coming out of high school, Michigan, University of Michigan, um, stuck with me through the whole process. A couple other teams fell off because I got hurt, but uh, I ended up signing to a letter of intent to play with them uh, my senior year in February. Michigan. So Michigan. So I was going to Michigan. Signed, sealed, delivered, going. And then – the Braves call later that spring. Did you go up? Did you take an official visit up there and all? Yes, yes. So I took it, you know, take it, take your five official visits. I took one to um I took one to Tennessee, which I love. That's where I wanted to go. James Woodman Stewart was my host, and you know, Nash was there, uh, the receiver at the time. I took a visit to West Virginia because that's where my high school coach, he knew Don Nealon. So he's like, Hey, go up there, you know, take a visit, you know. So I went up there. Um, they wanted me to come very bad, but you know, it was, it was cold. The first time I saw snow, the hills, I was like, man, this Florida boy in the hills and snow, but then went to Michigan the following week and loved it, man. Armani Tumor was my host. Um, you know, Timmy Biakabatuka was the running back there. He's, he made the name for himself in the league. You remember who they played and all? 
Uh, wait, say, say again. Uh, did you remember who they played, or was it was it in the uh, winter when there were no games? Yeah, no games. It was yeah, it was an off season uh, uh, when I, I went. Obviously, they had snow on the ground, but I loved it. It was just something about the. They have this place called the Campus Inn. It's the uh, uh, hotel where they put up the recruits, and we had dinner in the in the restaurant there. And they served this thing called clam chowder. and never had in my life. I said, I need another bowl and I'm signing. <laughs> <laughs> so something about the weekend and they took, they took me to Canada, I guess. We hung out up there and it's just like right on the border, I guess. Yeah, we through yeah. some tunnel. So uh, something about the weekend and, and, and campus in clam chowder, man, I signed. And then, uh, but when the, Obviously, when I got drafted by Atlanta, I was like, well. Well, hold on. You're skipping, man. Not everybody got drafted by (laughs) Atlanta. (laughs) How'd that go down, man? That's a completely different story. Completely different. different. I don't know how much longer I got, so I'm I'm trying to get it all We're just talking. Let's just go. I don't know how much longer you got either. If it gets bad, I'll cut you off. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. um, So, yeah, I mean, February of my senior year in uh, football, I signed my letter of intent to go to Michigan and obviously played baseball in my high school as well. So played baseball my senior year, had a really good uh, summer baseball leading into my uh, senior year. Um, hit like almost 500 in Legion ball. Now we didn't have travel or anything, but we had like local Legion where you play other little counties. Yeah. Maybe like the tops of the tops of high schools in the different counties kind of get together, make like a glorified all-star team, but you play within your county. We never left Broward County. Um, so had a really good season playing against some really good guys. I got drafted that then went to their high schools that spring to play for their high schools, Yeah, which many of those guys got, those, those guys got drafted as well. So how did that really whole good... draft go down? You were sitting with your, were you sitting yeah. with your mom well, yeah, and was, people? Yeah, what what yeah, was that like? I was uh, sitting at home, man. And, um, and was Michigan on the other line going, yeah. hey, man, what's the deal? <laughs> well, there, it was a lot of conversation going on, but um, I had a Michigan. I remember I, I still have the picture. I had a Michigan hat on. One of my best friends growing up was sitting next to me, and the draft was going on like the during school. So I, I asked my parents, hey, can I stay home? Because like I want to be able to get the call you know did you have an agent or anything or well I couldn't you know back then you couldn't have an agent but Michigan knew they didn't want me to like violate any like NT2 NT2A rules so um they uh contacted a gentleman by the name of Casey Close you might know that name now he's the uh guy that um uh I guess we negotiated Freddie Freeman's deal and he got kind of slammed sideways, but then Casey came back. I said, wait a minute, hang on. But Casey close was my agent was my advisor at the time. Cause I couldn't sign. Yeah. So he advised me what to do verbally and that's all he could do. Um, and then when I knew I was going to sign, then we became contractually uh, obligated Bound. to each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, but until then Casey was a Michigan guy um he was uh Derek Jeter's agent you know Barry Larkin was his guy because they went to Michigan together but uh Casey knew Michigan basically got Casey in contact with me because he had the Michigan connection gotcha. make sure Andre doesn't violate anything if he does we need to know and so when they find, figured out I was actually going to sign they were obviously releasing me out of my yeah. intent and I signed with the Braves yeah so how cool sometimes. it was cool man super cool. so how long did you play for the Braves and what position yeah. and and were you yeah. riding around on a bus eating bologna sandwiches yeah, or what was the deal? There's so many stories, man. I need to do like an audio book one day just <laughs> before my mind gets too old and I forget all these stories. But yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, absolutely. I, Just for your own kids. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated June 6th from high school. Uh, June 9th, I was in the town called Danville, Virginia, uh, opening up a new ballpark. It was their rookie ball. And then uh, went 60 games and then went after that season was over, went back to a spring training site to get some additional games, uh, extended spring training, they call it. And then uh, my second year was uh, here in Macon, Georgia. Third year was in uh, Durham, North Carolina, opened up a new park there playing, uh, playing for the Durham Bulls. And then um, crazy story that year, having my best season. I was, you know, I played center field, hit lead off, have my best season. Bruce Benedict was my manager, former Braves catcher. And uh, there was a delay in our game. We're playing a team in Prince William, Virginia the White Sox organization and our day our game kept getting delayed and we're like man what's going on what's going on and then you know uh Bruce Benedict calls me in the office now we're on the road like I drove with my teammates on the road to Virginia right outside DC and everybody like I, we're warming it down the line so everybody's like hey coach wants to see you so then everybody's like oh man Dre you're getting the call you're going to you're going to Greenville you're getting called up because it was it was having a good season you know all-star team all that he walked, I walked in his office and he says, hey, you know, our game is being delayed because they wanted the, the White Sox major league game and the Braves major league game to end because they just executed a trade and you're involved in the trade. So they sent Mike Devereaux to the Braves for old King to go to the White Sox. So we're playing the White Sox in Prince William, Virginia. So I had to grab my bags and walk across the dugout, walk across the field to play against my teammates. I had tears in my eyes, like Kevin Millwood's pitching at me. I just swung at the first thing just so I could just get out of the batter's box and go sit down and just sob in the dugout. I'm like, what just happened? You know what I mean? It was the craziest thing, man. Welcome so, to pro sports. Oh, welcome to pro mackerel. sports. So, unbelievable. That's an yeah. unbelievable story. Yes, sir. True story, man. True story. And uh, I've never, did, I've did, never did, heard that. Ever. Yeah, yeah. it didn't really hit me till I got back to the hotel, which is like after the game, I rode the bus back with my former team, like to the hotel, which I, you know, obviously we came in with. <laughs> and then it said across the bottom of ESPN, Mike Devereaux gets traded for minor league player Andre King. I was like, oh, I guess it's official, you know, but it's, it's weird. Later on in our careers, Mike Devereaux and I crossed paths and he, he ended up going on to win the NLCS NLCS MVP that year in 95 um, and then end up winning the World Series. Um, so I was like, hey, man, you don't know me, but my name's Andre King. And he's like, hey, you know, yeah, we got traded for each other. And you got that check for NLCS MVP and a World Series ring. So, <laughs> but fun times, man. Fun wow. Times. That is so wild. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So then what happened after that with baseball? So with baseball after that, after I left, uh, like Atlanta, my mother club, um, you know, it was just, it wasn't the same. Um, I wasn't seeing the ball enough. I wasn't getting to play a whole lot because now you get stuck behind another organization's first rounder. So yeah, right. in order to make the big leagues, you got to play every day. You got to see the ball coming out of the pitcher's hand. You got to see it off the bat. So uh, I told my parents when I signed my contract out of high school that if I'm not in the big leagues in, in four years, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go back to school, major league baseball, we had and how old were you then? About 22-ish? 23, yeah. 23, 20, yeah. Actually, 20, uh, wait, 95, I was 21. I was 21, yeah, when I got traded. So then um, I told my parents, hey, 
if I'm not there in four years, I want to do something else, go back to school, get education. We had negotiated my contract at the outset that Major League Baseball would pay for my schooling if I, whenever I decided to retire and go back to school. So I know I had that education paid for. So, um, so like, yeah, July, July, 1997, uh, I was playing for the, uh, for the St. Pete Rays, the Tampa Rays. Okay. It was their first, first their expansion team. And we were their first team. Like they haven't even had a major league team yet. So we're, okay. they were just trying to get their minor leagues going. So a bunch of us old guys, uh, signed on. So I played one year and, um, in the middle of that season, I, I told my roommate, uh, Scott Strickland, say, hey, man, um, this is it for me. I'm done. So that was July. And then 10 days later, I walked on the field, of the university of Miami, the U. <laughs> <laughs> to the U. To the U, man. Did so, you have that in your heart? Just like, Hey, I'm going to walk on to the U. I, yeah. You know, I'm playing baseball, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go play football. Yeah, well, I still had eligibility, and Chris Winkie, all the guys that played two sports got drafted. We all, like, seemed like me and another guy, Chris, and I can't remember, Al Shirley, we all played baseball, football growing up, got drafted. We all had that football still in our blood. So we we uh, we just went back that same year. Chris ended up winning the Heisman at the end of his career at Florida State. But, um, yeah, we went back, walked on the campus. Um, I was – it was hot. It was the helmet. I hadn't put on pads in four years. I got hit a couple of times. I was seeing stars. And I was like, what in the world did I do? What, what was I thinking? <laughs> I was like, man. And you're like 23, right? I was 23 at that time, yep. And uh, but and you're like a freshman, freshman, a 23-year-old freshman. Yep. 23-year-old freshman. For guys man. looking at you like, who's this old dude, yeah. man? What's going They're, on? Here? They call me Grandpa King, Uncle King. But, you know, one thing they couldn't deny, King had that motor, man. And uh, I was keeping up with them 17-year-olds. They know it. They know oh, it. yeah. You talk, you, you yeah. talk to Reggie Wayne and, and Santana. And them say, oh, King had that motor. He never got tired. I said, no, because I had to keep up with y'all fresh legs. You know what I mean? That's right. So, that's right. Um, but yeah, walked on to Miami and then, um, you know, got my degree and played some good ball, played with some great players, some Hall of Fame players. It was a, it was a great experience. I tell kids here now, so don't matter where you go to school, like you make you make the best of that opportunity. The school yeah. is the school, but you make college what you make. College is what you make of it. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but we had some great players, man, great teammates. You know, we pushed each other. We beat on each other. We got better. And we oh, kept yeah. each other accountable. Like the coaches, you know, we had some good coaches, you know, Coach Davis, Butch Davis, Curtis Johnson, Chuck Pagano, all these guys that play at coach, head coach in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't have to say much now because we had that locker room. When you when you talk about, you know, Dan Morgan, Ed Reed, Edron James, Bubba Frank, Shockey, like, you know, you know, uh, Brian McKenney, you have people in the locker room that are like the best to ever play. Yeah. You know, my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they're at Miami, so we kept each other accountable, man. And we, we won a lot of games, you know. It was fun. It was fun, man. That is so cool. That deal. So the culture between – what's the difference between a baseball pro culture and then going to Miami? Well, then – well, we're going to take it another step forward because then you came to the Cleveland Browns. You played pro football in the NFL. That's a whole nother getting hit there is a whole nother. Right, right, You think right. you get hit at Miami. Sometimes you get hit in the NFL and you're like, what the what? Yeah, yeah, I just got hit by a bus. Yeah, you try <laughs> not to get squared up. That's what we learned. You know, they can hit you, but don't let them square you up. You let them hit you on the side and push you out of bounds, but don't get squared up, especially when you got Ray Lewis sitting in the middle of the field. Um, you know. <laughs> he probably but, just um, wanted to smack you because. <laughs> I know it. Yes, yes, they did, man. It's crazy. 
But um, yeah, the culture is obviously different because baseball, I mean, I never got to be in a major league locker room, Yeah. but in the minor league locker rooms, I mean, it was, you know, we're a bunch of, you know, teenagers, early 20 guys, just trying to make it, man. I mean, uh, most everybody was single or had a girlfriend or something, but it was, you know, four guys in a two by two, you know, uh, apartment comp, apartment. Yeah. And we split everything four ways. I still talk to some of my friends that we we roomed with over the years and riding on buses and listening to country music. And, you know, uh, I can't I remember the first time I saw a lightning bug. We were broken out on the side of the road and I, I got off the bus. Obviously, we ever get off, everybody gets off the bus. And I was like, all these things flashing around me. I was like, what in the world is going on? Like, you know, so I got back on the bus and all the all the country was, man, you never seen a lightning bug before? I said, no, man, I grew up in Florida, cement city, Florida. We ain't got no lightning bugs at the beach. <laughs> so, but yeah, just, you know, trying to, trying to hammer it away, man, playing every night, you know, playing 150, 60 games yeah. a year and trying to get to the big leagues, man. Well, what's that football culture like when you get? Now, football culture, a lot different, man. It's more, uh, more of a family, uh, again, just like all of our families, we don't get along with all of our siblings, but yeah, when we right, come together right. and take the field, man, we won you, man. We won you. We push each other. We keep each other encouraged. Like we'll study with each other in college, you know, um, cause we want everybody to be eligible. You know, we, yeah. hey, let's, hey, let's get some rest. It's, a, it's Florida state week. Let's be on our P's and Q's, you know, let's go to study hall. Let's do all the eat right. Let's do all the things because come Saturday, everybody wants, wants to come out of the smoke and play 90 miles an hour, you know? So, when you get to the pro side, obviously guys have families and obviously we still stay in contact with a lot of guys from Cleveland yeah. days, you know, now the kids are all growing up. We're sharing stories about being dads and kids going to college, middle school, high school, you know, so we go to, you know, hang out at each other's birth, kids' birthday parties. So, um, a different yeah. level of culture because it's a livelihood. Yeah. Now it's a job, you know, now you got to show up every day and provide for the, for the family, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And guys are trying to take your job. Yep. Yep. <laughs> every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. <laughs> work them out. And every Tuesday, somebody's trying to take your job, man. That's right. That's right. It's real, man. Because, I mean, for me, uh, I wasn't a high-round draft pick. I mean, I, I barely snuck in there, got drafted in the seventh round. So, every year, every day, I mean, every hour, you know, we had the saying, like, as soon as you walk out of that building and touch the grass, you're being evaluated. From your attitude to put on your clothes to how you sprint and warm up, stretch. Obviously, when the whistle blows and you're competing one on one and seven on seven and team, how you block. So I had to come every day because every year somebody's trying to take my job. Oh man, oh man, you're right about that. So then after you played football, you went in, you started coaching, right? Did you start yeah. coaching at you're at Loganville Christian Academy? Yes, sir. And are you still the athletic director? No, you I'm in a the school yeah. now. Are you the school owner or what? No, no. no. <laughs> I just finished my 15th year here. Uh, so Man. I retired from, yeah, it's been a while. It's crazy. It's grown up so much. But um, when I, uh, when we finished in Cleveland, lived up there for like three or four more years. And then we moved to Georgia to be closer to, um, you know, family. My wife's right. family is, lives here. Her sister's here. And then we enrolled my daughter in, um, in LCA, Loganville Christian Academy as a first grader. She was going to uh, a Christian school in uh, Westlake, Ohio, near the facility there. And we just wanted to continue that for her upbringing. So we enrolled her here. And then um, I was actually getting ready to, I just got my real estate license in Ohio. I was going to be doing dabbling some real estate here, you know, buying and selling homes. And I met the founder, the founders of our school at a 
uh, my daughter's first grade social. Mm. And they heard of my background and say, I just retired. They're like, you look too young to be retired. He's like, retired from what? He's like, well, pro sports. So um, they were looking for a football coach and athletic director at the time. So it was like God's providence, you know, again, putting it all together from Jamaica, kids from Jamaica, finding baseball and then like, you know, moving to Georgia and yeah. finding this spot. And it's been great. Just, so been uh, was the athletic director here and football coach at the same time for 12 years won some titles, won a bunch of games, built some great relationships. Um, but it was, it was, it's always been neat. And I love hosting stuff, everything to me. Once you've been at the pro level and anything, that's all, you know. So if I'm hosting an event, I'm thinking, okay, do I have a halftime show performance? Do I have fireworks? Do I have like, you know, people coming out of the smoke? Like how, how do, how do we do it in Cleveland? You know, how that's do we right. do it? You know, how does, how do they do it for the Super Bowl? So that's what I'm always thinking. So everything, now I might not have the budget to do it, but I'm gonna figure out how to make it work at this little private school, you know. So yeah, I've been. But we had a lot of fun. Hosting, hosting yeah, once games. you get your mind stretched, it's hard to go back to its original. It's hard. Shape. It's, it's hard. It's you hard don't want it to go back to its original mm -hmm. shape. So now you're just the athletic, not just the athletic director. You're the athletic director there still. Well, no. Now I'm in a totally different role. I'm in uh, community relations, um, college recruiting. So uh, community relations. Obviously, I take LCA to the community in yeah. all different forms and facets. Um, college recruiting is another big one that I love to do. I, I did that when I was AD, but now I have more time to dedicate to it. Getting kids profiles, register the NC2A and AIA, getting their um, highlight video, like helping them, show yeah. them how to do this, get their highlight video together. Just so if they want to go to college, they want to play softball, volleyball, I'll even look. I say, hey, we'll, we'll gas up the bus and we'll go on a visit, you know, go meet some coaches from all sports, golf, yeah. football. I, I gassed up the bus last spring and took two football players, a golfer, uh, up to the school and one end up the signing. And so, you know, you never know, you know, but you got to you got to take the kids there. So and when you've been here for a while, you've built relationships in the community with your sponsors. So I'm dabbling in development, you know, fundraising and things of that nature. So that's fun. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get to what I really wanted to do the podcast about cooking with the king. Oh. <laughs> let's go he's got andre king has a summer camp it's called yes. cooking with the king and it's a cooking camp i love that i love that mm. let's go tell everybody are we having another week of it maybe somebody new can sign up for this thing well right? listen it tomorrow's the last day oh, tail end of man, it. <laughs> you should call me a month ago we could advertise this thing i know it i know it but tomorrow's the last day um but you know we host so many different camps and we call this one of our enrichment camps, but we have baseball, softball, you know, volleyball, all the athletic stuff, but you know, kids might want something different. You know, not everybody's an athlete. Not everybody knows how to play an instrument. Some kids love to cook. So I say, hey, let's have fun with this. So during the pandemic, it was 2020 when I first launched it, uh, launched the idea. I said, hey, what if we host a cooking camp? My wife made, uh, we transitioned to like vegan and the recipes are super easy. You can't, you can't mess up vegetables. If you mess up vegetables, you really need to stay out of the kitchen. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I put a little pamphlet together and we, they, they're step-by-step -step instructions. So every, is a four-day camp. Every day they get a starter smoothie. They get an appetizer. They then they're making this stuff. I'm just making there to make sure they don't cut their finger off. Okay. So they get a smoothie. So they learn how to put vegetables and fruit. They use a blender. Uh, they make an appetizer. They make an entree, and then they make a dessert. So they get four meals, four days. Can't beat it, you know. And they go home full, you know. So just gives kids an idea that hey, listen, we're trying to eat healthy, 
trying to eat better lifestyle, better nutrition plan. And not all foods come through the drive through window. Okay. You can actually grow your own food <laughs> in the backyard. Really? I love the garden. Yeah. You can grow stuff, go out there, pick it fresh, you know, cut it up, add some ingredients and eat healthy. That's right. That's right. So we have fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that idea for a camp. Hey, if this cuts off, I'll, uh, I'll just send you a new link. Cause okay. I only have, I don't, pay for the upgrade of there is okay so you're good but hey man that is so cool i love that so how many years have you done cooking camp so this is our third year this is our third year and uh, like i said grown? Did you yeah i think the first year obviously pandemic 2020 summer nobody had camps and ironically the camp the only camp here that went was i think baseball maybe and then like this cooking camp it was like it was like eight or nine kids in it which is weird because we're inside we're touching the food we're eating food but you know, so anyway, we made it work, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. but, um, but uh, it was good. It was good. So, so how um, many kids are in the camp now? Yeah, I think we have to cap it at 12 because I'm using like, oh. I borrowed the burners from like the chemistry lab, you know, the little, oh. thing. <laughs> so listen, this is, we don't have like this high operation, like, you know, um, Guy Fieri kitchen. Now. Hold on. <laughs> and there's like four little burners at each table. And I love like, it. So, and you, at our school, like you can't plug in the burner and the, the blender cause you'll blow a fuse or you'll trip a breaker. So now you gotta like cook this, unplug it, plug in the blender, like blend and uh, it, it's crazy. And then come walk to the oven down the hall to bake stuff, it's it's up. So yeah, if we get a nice little kitchen set up we might offer this as a class. Oh, right you now, might kill it in the community. <laughs> so, but it's fun. It, again, it, we just engage kids on a different level. That's awesome. Fun with it, That's fun so with eating food. Hey, this show's called Another Rep. You've been repping your whole life. Yeah. I mean, since you, probably before you came from Jamaica, what does that mean to you? What's another rep mean to you? Man, uh, wow. Another rep for me, man, is uh, being a godly husband, father, uh, leader, uh, someone that has influence, that can build relationships easy with people. That, I mean, I love people. I tell people right here all the time, I love people and I hate broken processes because yeah. when you have a broken process and then somebody stands, the human stands in front of the broken process, now it's human to human and that's where friction happens. That's where conflicts happen. So if we can like fix the process and love on humans, we have good things, you know? So, um, but you know, I, with everything going on in our world and and in culture and everything we got to go back to god's word man and and seek and, and and read what it says you know he says you know the greatest commandment i give you is to love one another man like love like truly love like i love coach hagan and amy and the kids like i mean i i remember when all the little kids were like little and yeah. he remembers when my, i was holding alana like this oh, yeah. like they're all they're 21 22 i'm like where did time go so i know like we there's a love for each other and, you know, Jesus said by this, you know, people will know that you're my disciple. Like, so it all starts with love. So repping is loving people for where they're at. Love, not judge, man. And, um, you know, you know, I always tell people, we got something, we got an issue, man. Let's go to Waffle House. Let's buy, I'll buy you a, a cup of coffee and waffle and we'll talk through it. And we move on. Just that simple. I don't know why you can't solve it at the Waffle House. You can't solve it, right? <laughs> <laughs> then we just got to agree to disagree. Hug it out and go on. You know what I mean? So, That's right. but, um, but yeah, repping, man, is loving people, man. And I you love know, again, life's too short. You know, we've had so many friends, like colleagues in the league that's passed on way too young. And you're like, man, that person never got to see 
you know, 50 years old, like the craziness happening, you know, in our society, those little kids never got to see their 13th birthday, like things that happen, like, man, we, we got to love on people, man. Yeah, if we love people, we don't hurt people, you know? That's right. So, that's right. So, yeah. Well, that's why they chose you to be in that position for so long and have kept you there because of your mindset and the way you love on people. I mean, you know, I don't know what that school looked like before I came up there and visited you there when we were down there in Georgia, but um, you had it going on, man. It was, yeah. it was fun and, and the kids love it. It's such a great culture that you, that you built yeah. and you were the inspiration of that and you still are. So, I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. Love having you on this show, man. Yeah, man. We love repping with yeah, it was good, man. Keep it going, man. You're doing an awesome thing here, man. This is uh, good. Fine. This is good. Keep the guys connected, coach. It's a labor of love for me. I just, I just, it's not even a labor. It's just, I never thought coaching was work either. I just thought yes. we were going out to recess, man. That's it, man. That's it. Let's dial it up. Hey, Scat Wright, 92. Hey, Sluggo, baby. Let's do it. You still got it. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. All right, brother. All I'm right. going to cut this off and uh, you keep repping. I'll keep repping and let's go. That's it. Good being with you, man. Peace out. All right.